distinguished adventurers, welcome to this very special preview of our next D&D campaign. That's right, Campaign 2! I know, we've been talking about it for a while, but we're finally there. In fact, if you are one of our Artifact tier patrons, then you got to hear something incredibly special. Episode 0 of Campaign 2. What's Episode 0? So here's the thing. We've been playing D&D for quite a while, but these are going to be new characters and a slightly different setting. And while if at any point during the campaign, no matter how deep we are into it, the players want to change something about their character, whether it's role-playing or mechanically, because they're just not having fun with it or they're going to have more fun doing something else, I'm always open to that. It happened a couple of times during campaign one. A couple people changed subclasses when newer things came out that worked with their characters better. Uh, some backstory stuff changed. Because yes, while I like having a cohesive storyline and I like being able to weave in backstories and things, in the end, this is a game. And people should be having fun playing the game. And so there can be a lot of pressure when you first create a character for a campaign that you know is going to be running for a significant length of time. There's that pressure to create something and stick with it. But it's very possible the thing that you created that you thought was going to be super fun to play, the first couple times you get a chance to play this character, you're like, ah, oh, this... This isn't really the class I thought it was going to be. This isn't really the subclass I thought it was going to be. I didn't really pick the right background if I'd done this instead. You know, once you get a chance to actually play a character, there's a chance there's going to be something that comes along that you're like, oh, if only I'd done this instead of this. And episode zero is an opportunity to try out your character a little bit without any of the pressure that you need to stay, quote unquote, in canon. And so the five of us sat down recently and played through a game of D&D, &D, a short little game. It's a one shot, but it is set where our campaign's going to be set. And they're playing the characters that they've created to go into the main campaign. And the only difference is it's very possible that after playing this game, that one or more of the players or even me as the DM may go, you know what, let's just go ahead and change that. Take this, throw it out and do this. So if you're one of our Artifact Patreon patrons, you've had a chance to listen to the entire episode. However, we didn't want to leave anyone out. So you're going to get a chance to listen to a little bit of that episode zero. Not the whole thing, but a, a tease for what you will be hearing. I'm going to give you a chance to hear what some of these characters may or may not be once we get to episode one. And it is with that that I'm going to stop talking in the present and let me from the past take over for a little bit of a episode zero of Distinguished Adventures Campaign 2. And so we start on the Radiant Citadel, which, for those who don't know, is a giant rock with a huge piece of crystal floating in space. It is an old society that was lost for a while and then found again. It is a island in the middle of nothing that is a safe haven for people from all over the place, including people who have lived here and grown up here. And on this rock in the middle of space, there is a cozy little tea shop. 
So the four of you have a seat at one of the tables enjoying your various teas and coffees. I mean, Deborah wants the readout from the most the most recent bout. Mm. She sits down and like gulps her coffee and she's like, okay, so I do think we have to talk because you were robbed. I'm sorry. That call at the end was ludicrous. I I, I agree. I think mm-hmm. I think though that uh as much as Deborah, you 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 of course know the score of community wrestling. I mean, I, I definitely when I went in for that first clutch, it was very obvious to me that uh that it just wasn't my night. So I did my best. I tried to make it entertaining for everybody, but uh but it, you know, it just uh it just the way the card uh the cards bounced. And I will say that uh my manager, Bjornson, uh gave me an extra silver for that night. I think he appreciated my reading of the of the match and uh and he and he and the other other uh other promoter uh they they seem to appreciate the results so i i i agree it's better to win but uh but uh, it's also we put on a show right from one entertainer to another if you have entertained you have succeeded despite your loss it was still a grand display of your culture and heritage and thus it was still beautiful it was yes Yes, I just think you deserve to win. And I think if you're getting oh, yes. paid to lose, you should probably find out if you can either get paid more or if the ref was getting paid for you to lose. The thing is, I don't want to bet against my friends. So I need you to win more because I don't like losing my money. It, it was community wrestling, though. And I can't bet against you because we're friends. Zeph, you. Can, can we call you Zeph? The way they're presenting now, yes, they, uh, Zeph is fine. I okay. like that all of us are going to end up the only person that we all know is <laughs> If Jonathan ends up being the hub character, I'm okay with all of this. I love that wrestling brings people together. <laughs> yes. Zeph, I, I have to ask, are you wagering on community wrestling? I thought that that was allowed. Is it not? Oh, dear. Um, um, oh, Deborah. Um, um, so, I mean, legally, I can't, but what do you do or who do you I mean, do you work for any government entities on the radiant citadel not necessarily i mean i do go i work for time for the temple like to do things and find things but more as contract hire like many of us find ourselves doing uh-huh. my archaeological nature and once of learning people's histories you know uh-huh 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. so when it comes to your contract work, do you have, um, is there an HR that the temple uses to manage your contracts? And I, I would just say, before you let it be known that you gamble publicly, you should probably check in. Like, don't ask them directly about gambling because then they're going to know you've been gambling. But like, you know, ask for a copy of the most recent contract that you have signed and then then review it then review it and if there's a line about gambling maybe you can come talk to me and i can come find you someone actually probably it would be that like like a middle person no i was gonna say we can talk about um we find somebody it would be at the temple that would help you address gambling issues so maybe can i do a history check to see if i can recall there being a gambling clause in any freelance contracts i've signed recently (laughs) 
Sure. Let's our first role be about gambling losses. I love it. While you're doing that, Felviapin, what were you going to say? Felviapin's going to conjure up a little miniature illusion of the match that El Torito had, and his opponent's going to be German suplexing like mini, mini El Torito over and over and over again. Oh, jeez. Art imitates life. It's it's fine. It, you know, it, it's... I heard it once, it was the heart of the cards, but not quite in community wrestling. And this was actually my concern, uh, Zeph. Uh, did, you, did you happen to catch the recent play over in the theater district? It's a series that they've run. And they recently did a performance of something called The Mountain and the Viper. And it was about a vengeful warrior, small, dexterous warrior called the Viper, against a gruesome large warrior called the mountain and well it's a play i believe so it was the viper was played by that actor known as zaddy R- right right uh, yes uh, uh zaddy Nicotti. anyway my point is is that god i've missed you all <laughs> the, the point i'm trying to make is that uh community wrestling even though it is a grand sport uh and and allows for those of us who are not in the professional uh arena literally to to engage in this wonderful activity but tell me would you wager on a story of the mountain and the viper? Before you answer that, what was your history check? A soft 20. With a soft 20, you don't remember anything offhand. When you're thinking over your agreement with the, the temple that you've been going to, it's pretty basic. To make it simple, you seem to remember the contract basically saying, don't be a dick. Otherwise, there's nothing really stopping you from doing anything. The Wheaton's Clause. The Wheaton Clause, yes. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of what you're thinking of when you are asked this question. Well, Torito, you know, I have a penchant for the underdogs. So yes, I probably would have wagered on the Viper. Okay, but but I, I guess my point is that you wagered on a play. No, I'm saying if it were a real fight. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm asking if you wagered, would you wager on a play? No. Okay. May I suggest that you maybe... Not wager on community wrestling. Why? It's sport. Is it not sport? Oh, it's sports entertainment. (laughs) And it is at that point, because I find it funny to interrupt right there before everything gets explained. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Forrest from Stabby Quest, Jesse Florence, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.